fans can come in here, the Celtic fans can come in here, Laker fans can come in here. But take that L on the way out. Dallas coming off a loss last night to San Antonio, 119-109, as Murray hits the three. To... Nine to shoot. Grant sets up Gary Harris. Good one there. Two questions I asked that one of their insiders and I not there yet. He says more work. Grant. Check straight away. Yes. Yes. Murray to Jokic. Denver Nuggets news, highlights, and opinions with your host, Arthur Knight, and your co-host, Nick Basher. Welcome to Take That L with Arthur Knight. And with me, as always, is Mr. Bashman, Nick Basher. Say hello to the people, Nick. What's up? What's up? How's everyone doing? All right. We've been on a bit of a hiatus lately, um, mainly because of technical difficulties, but we're working on it. We're working on it and we're going to make it do what it do. Uh, first, I'd like to just jump right in and talk about an article I read that had stated that the Nuggets are actually rumored. Now, hold, hold on to your seat here, Bashman. They are actually rumored to wanting to trade for D. Mitchell because Utah is wanting to trade either Gobert or Mitchell due to their issue that they're having right now between the two of them. Their chemistry might be a little bit off. And seeing as the Nuggets already have a superstar center, we obviously wouldn't trade for Gobert, but they are rumored to uh, wanting to be trading MPJ for D Mitchell. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, uh, I know we talked about it a little bit before we preferenced it. And um, I would love to see D Mitchell back onto the Nuggets. I know we originally drafted him in 2016, ended up doing a uh, draft night trade to Utah. But I mean, he's a bona fide scorer. I mean, I think the, uh, the, the trio of him, Jamal Murray and Jokic could be very deadly offensively. Obviously, defensively, that's a, uh, a huge gap for our front court or our back court, excuse me. But um, I mean, if we have a chance to get him, I'd love that. But let me retort this. What if we did instead of Michael Porter Jr.? Because I love his length. I think he'd be a great defensive piece. Uh, what about Will Barton? Uh, Gary Harris and a first. Ooh. Obviously, obviously, Utah would have to throw in another player to match the contracts. But what's your idea of that? Well, I'm not a big fan of trading away Gary Harris. I feel like he's one of our franchise players. But he has been in a slump, and not just this season. He's been kind of in a slump for a couple of years now, even last year. And, and mainly because he's been plagued by injury. I'm not. I'm not opposed to the Barton, the whole Barton idea. I actually have put a little bit of thought into this myself. I was thinking um, instead of MPJ, because I, I think he's the future of our franchise. Uh, and D, uh, Though D Mitchell is still a young guy and he still fits in that window of Jokic, Murray, and uh, the rest of the guys. But what, um, what I would be willing personally to give up would be Barton, would be maybe a – I was going to say, I have the roster up right now. What about Monte Morris? Would you, would you Ooh, do a no. Will Barton-Monte Morris with maybe two first rounds? 
No, I'm not getting rid of Monte Moore. I, I, I'd sooner, and you know how much I love Gary Harris. <laughs> you know how much I love Gary Harris. I would, sooner, I would sooner trade Gary Harris before I trade Monte Morris. I just, he's an efficient player. No, I mean, I'm in that same boat of you, but I don't think Utah would budge for a, a Will or a, uh, a Will Barton, Gary Harris. I think they would want someone that can kick the ball and actually run the point guard position. That's why Monte Morris is a great value for them at that position, a great backup. And I think he could be a starter. So I don't know. I think it'd be quite interesting. Oh, he could definitely be a starter. He proved that this season. He could be a starter in this league. The, 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 the thing is, is I don't want to get rid of him. You know, we, I think he's still, he's still on a rookie contract. So we still, the numbers are still good. He's balling out of control. there's a couple of other players that I'd be willing to, to trade as much as it would kill me. I I probably, I was going to say, are you, are you going to bring up the Jamal Murray for, no, 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 I'm not trading. I was going to say, I I was just looking at the contracts. I mean, obviously we're in a little bit of a weird space with this whole uh, salary cap. We don't know what it's going to look like next year with all the, the revenue loss and the whole China Thing that happened earlier this year, but I mean Jamal Murray set to make a a ex- max contract the uh, the five year deal. Murray or uh, excuse me, Mitchell is most likely going to sign the same exact contract. That could be an even one for one. I mean, get Jamal Murray out into Utah, D Mitchell back to uh, Denver, and I mean as much as I love Jamal Murray, D Mitchell is more consistent. He can be uh, an every night. I know he's going to at least get twenty two to twenty five a night. Um, he's, he's, not even really, he's not even really a point guard. I think he's more of a true two, in my opinion, Mitchell is. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. If you, do, if you do make that trade of Jamal Murray, you can move Monte Morris into that point guard position. And That's then Mitchell, point. Then our offense, our offense does run way more efficiently. What you do lose, though, with that Mitchell trade is it does significantly, as you said uh, earlier, it does significantly drop our defensive prowess in in the the backcourt. It just does very much. And but Yogi, also, I, I was going to say we ha- we've had a lot of good draft picks the last few years. Here's here's one coming up our through our process. PJ Dozier. I mean, if he could become a consistent backup point guard maybe Monte Morris can really take over that full-time position. Or maybe we'll just do a platoon system where not one guy is playing 34, 35 minutes a night, where it's actually 22 to 23 minutes and it's just a rotation. They, they both play similar. I mean, that's obviously you got to wait to see what PJ Dozier uh, can develop into. But I mean, I'm looking at the, our roster. I mean, when it comes to our, our front court or excuse me, our back court, I mean, we, we got a lot of talented guys. I mean, PJ Dozier, we have Will Barton, we have uh, Jamal, um, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Torrey Craig, even though he's more of a three. I mean, we've got Troy Daniels coming from the Lakers. I mean, we've just got bodies. So I would love to see them, as in the Nuggets, package some kind of deal to go get another bona fide score that can really help out uh, Jokic down low. Now, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, we had previously discussed who the starting five in a, a show or two back, who the starting five would be next year, and that would be, you know, Jeremy Grant, and MPJ sliding into that three and four with Jokic and Murray and Harris or Mitchell or whoever. Uh, and Which, let me reference, I do want to see that next year. I, I don't want to make any moves before I actually see what that five-some can do because young, length, 
They can shoot. They can score. I mean, with Jokic as a point center, there's a lot of options you can do with that whole entire system. So I want to and there's no drop off in defense. There's no drop. Actually, your defense heightens, even though even though MPJ doesn't have that great a defense prowess. You know, uh, Grant does. Oh yeah. So entering him into that starting five and allowing him, especially, I think the chemistry between him and Jokic for sure is as good or dynamic as the one Jokic and Murray have. And I'm going to say, going to a lot of Nuggets games this year, that's one of the relationships I've noticed on the court is the right. uh, uh, Jeremy Grant and the uh, Jokic. So, I mean, I just want to see Jeremy Grant get into that forward position. This goes again to another question of, do we bring Paul Millsap on a more of a team-friendlier contract? Because I love his presence. I love him being the veteran of our team. He's a great defensive mind, and you know he can get 10 points when you really need him to. So I would love to see us bring him back, get Jeremy Grant that full-time position, uh, keep Michael Porter Jr., obviously let him develop, let him grow. That's why I'm so hesitant of getting rid of him for D. Mitchell because you just love – you have to love Michael Porter, Michael Porter Jr.'s talent. I mean, the length – the stroke, the shot. I mean, he could be a, a small three or a small three as in like a, uh, you know, if they're playing small ball or he can be a five or he can be a four. So I just feel like the versatility with Michael Porter Jr. is just too much to give on him right now. He does. He MPJ does have a very high ceiling and he is, a, he plays a position that the Nuggets have notoriously, especially the past couple of years, been really, not very good at those positions. I mean, Millsap, like you said, he's he's been good. He's going to get you 10 to 12, 15 if you're lucky points a night. But if we're going to bring Millsap back, it has to be a team-friendly contract, and he has to be coming off the bench. Jeremy Grant has played his butt off this season, and he has proven that he not only deserves another contract with the Nuggets, but he deserves that, to be a starter. that he is he is a starter. He is yeah. a starter in this league, and I personally, everybody thinks that MPJ is going to be the catalyst to put us over that, that hump to get us a championship, but I personally think it's going to be Grant. Man, I think he's, the, he's that guy. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't agree more. I mean, I, I can't wait. This is a little bit of a tangent, but this Michael Jordan documentary, I just can't wait to show how important the other players were other than Michael Jordan because – Everyone gives Michael the credit, but you need a deep team. You need a deep roster. And I think Grant, he's obviously not the superstar. He's not going to be a top 25 player. But the things he does athletically, length, defensively, he is a championship type of player. Like, he is a crucial piece. Well, to your, to your point about the Michael Jordan thing, I mean, anybody who's a basketball fan knows that it doesn't matter if you have just one superstar on the team you have to have a good team dynamic and you have to have role players around that superstar in order to win. Now, to your point, Michael Jordan did have a lot of great supporting casts in those championship runs. He couldn't have done it without any of them. Mm -hmm. But the reason why he gets all of the credit is because of the fact that when the team, when other teams, like especially the New York Knicks and the Pistons, they were, they were teams that were designed to beat the Bulls, especially defensively because the Bulls were at the time considered a soft team in that era of basketball. 
So all you had to do is basically just like the nuggets. You just had to beat them up a little bit, you know, push them around a little bit and they were going to fold is what, is what most teams thought at the time. When the, that would happen though, against the Knicks or the Pistons or the Celtics, etc., Jordan would carry the team. Yeah. Especially in the playoffs. And that's the reason why Jordan is so great. And that's the reason why he gets most, if not all of the credit for those championship runs. There's no doubt. I mean, I, I mean, I've, I, I think we're all looking for content. So I'm watching, listening to a lot of podcasts that are preferencing this, the, uh, this last stance, this documentary. And a lot of them even say like, uh, one of the quotes that Michael says is I wouldn't have won without Scotty. Like, yes, but Michael was the engine. Michael was the one that was pushing them. Michael was the one that got them to where they inevitably became. But, I mean, if it wasn't for the Scottie Pippins, the, the Horace Grants, the Steve Kerrs, the John Paxons, the uh, Dennis Rodmans, and obviously one of the greatest coaches of all time, Phil Jackson. I mean, having that recipe and all obviously having probably the most psychopathic score in NBA, like – he would yeah. like it, I, I don't know what the preference other than he was a straight psychopath and I respect his game so much but I, I let's just preference it that I can't wait for that documentary it's gonna be a good night All right. and with that we're gonna head into our first break and joining us in our second and third uh, segment is a good friend of the Bashman's Mr. Mike Mikis and I hope I didn't massacre your name brother but uh, we will have him in the second and third segment so Keep it locked. This is Take That L. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it, too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the college radio foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. Young Papsy, we must make it back to Camelot so I can listen to GoMileHigh.com. Oh, who goes there? It is I, King Arthur on his mighty steed. Let me in the castle at once. I must get to my quarters to listen in to the best in Colorado's sports lifestyle programming. But sir, don't we live in medieval Wales? No, Popsy, you mustn't ask questions when I'm listening about my beloved Broncos. Ah, GoMileHigh.com. So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the llama, what? you know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the llama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the llama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row 
that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands? The Shangri. I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again. But I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. What does it take to be on air? It's not just the personality, though it does help. It takes drive, creativity, passion, and the willingness to develop yourself and truly find what makes you special. At Go Mile High, students are given this chance to become something great. You never know. Someone you're hearing right now could be the next big thing, and you could be the first to know how it all started. So keep listening because you never know what's next on GoMileHigh.com. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the college radio foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. Welcome back to Take That L with Arthur Knight. All right, we are going to get right into our segment. We dubbed the Give and Go. And uh, first, I'd like to welcome Mike Mikas to the show. Mike, say hello to the people. Hey, how we doing, everybody? Thanks for having me on, Arthur. What's up, Nick? How we doing, man? I'm doing good, but if you want to do a quick shout-out of your uh, handle, just so. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Where they can reach you. Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter or Instagram at mmikus, M-E-K-U-S, 18. I post a lot of uh, blog. Uh, I have a blog also. It's MikeMikas.blog. I write about uh, rap music and uh, film and television. And I tweet about sports and uh, movies and music basically all day. So any of that interests you, hit me up, follow me. Let me preference this. If you want some good, good hot takes, give this guy a follow. <laughs> all right. All right. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So we're going to get right into the give and go. And Mike, the, how the give and go works is JG, our lovely producer, is going to read us some questions and we will give our takes on those questions. Absolutely. So JG, whenever you're ready. If the playoffs were to take place today, the Nuggets would face the Rockets. How could the Nuggets win that series? All right, I'll take I'll take the ball on this one first. Uh, can the Nuggets beat the Rockets? I actually have been mulling over this question all night at work, to be honest with you, because <laughs> that is who we're going to be playing mm-hmm. if the playoffs were today. So I think the Nuggets can beat them. The Nuggets are going to have to play a lot of bully ball. They're not going to – they cannot play down to Houston. They cannot – try to go the small ball route, even though they can play it and they play it quite well. I think the way to beat the Houston Rockets is to beat them up, 
without causing too many fouls and uh, shorten the series as quickly as you can. Do not let them win even one game at home if possible, but that's that's almost impossible. But go ahead, Bashman, with your take. Yeah, no, um, you know, I was just looking at the, the Rockets roster because I'll be honest, since the uh, season has kind of died down, I haven't been looking at too much other people's other teams' rosters other than the Nuggets. Um, but yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I, I do think we would have a very, very good chance. And let me preference this. We don't know when the playoffs come back if it's still going to be a seven-game series, which really might help us in our advantage. Um, so, I mean – whether it's a five or three game first round series, I like our advantage just because of our, our size, our length down low. I mean, obviously they have James Harden and Russell Westbrook who are phenomenal talents, but I mean, when it gets tough and there's two and a half minutes left on the clock and we're pounding the ball to Jokic and we're getting consistent two points, are they just going to keep trying for threes? Like obviously like they're the most prolific when it comes to shooting them, but they're not the greatest average team when it comes to three. So I really like our chances. I mean, obviously we're a younger team, uh, but I mean, we stunned the uh, the um, uh, San Antonio Spurs last year. Although we were the the, the, the two seed at the time, um, San Antonio was favored. So yeah, I like our chances. I definitely think you guys would win. I would say in six games, really no question, uh, because you're going against James Harden and Russell Westbrook in the playoffs, and they're the biggest chokers to ever play in the playoffs ever. Like, leave Russell Westbrook wide open and let him take shots over and over and over again. You'll win the series. He can't make shots. Uh, you, you protect the rim, you protect the paint, and you you put two people at James Harden at all times. When the Warriors play James Harden, they send two people at James Harden. He basically is incapable. He'll get his 25, 30 points, whatever, who cares? 30 points doesn't win your game. The the Denver Nuggets are a better team than the Houston Rockets. They The, the Rockets probably have the coaching advantage, but at the same time, D'Antoni's so uh, – ardent in the way that he plays he he is so stringent that he doesn't he never changes it up he never uh when he gets punched he doesn't have a good counter punch and the rockets they're pretenders they're not for real and uh yeah i i would leave russ open Jokic will get you your two points over and over and over again you got them beat on size easily don't play down to them don't play small that's a six game series nuggets win that no question and let me just add on to mike's uh answer like like you said, you leave Russell Westbrook wide open. You throw Torrey Craig and Gary Harris on uh, on uh, Harden the whole time. You most likely the way Houston runs it, you're going to end up having Jokic matched up onto uh, Westbrook if they do end up guarding each other. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take that all day. Obviously, Jokic isn't a Joel Embiid when it comes to defense, but I mean we're homers, you and I, Arthur. So we mm-hmm. know Jokic is actually a very comfortable defensive center. So I would right. love that matchup, and I agree everything Mike said. I mean, I think when it comes down to the playoffs, as much as I love the talent of Russell Westbrook and James Harden, they're just chokers. They haven't done anything. Yeah. I yeah. love I love Russ. He's a, he's a fun player. He's like great to watch. But if we're being honest, in the big moments, uh, you'll watch him falling down on the ground and rolling around, reaching for a basketball, and uh, the other team taking it down the other side and dunking. So, yeah, it's just they're not good enough. I don't know. I never bought that team. All right, JG, hit us with the second question. There are four unrestricted free agents after the 2020 season. Which of the free agents do the Nuggets have to resign? Millsap, Plumlee, Craig, Grant. What do you think? I'll, yeah, I'll talk, I'll take this one just because um, Mike made a comment earlier said he'd only bring back Grant in this this whole free agent class. 
I'd have to disagree. I actually love all four of these players. I think all four of them bring something to the table that we could use. Now, granted, I'd want them all on team-friendly contracts. I don't want them getting 15, 10 million a year. I'm talking like from the minimum contract to maybe 7 million a year. Uh, Maybe besides uh, Grant, because he's kind of in his prime right now, but Plumlee is a great center behind Jokic. Um, Craig is a great wing defender. I love him on the wing and he can stroke threes. Great three and D. Millsap obviously brings that veteran and that defensive experience. And then Grant, like you said in the last second, I think he has a chance to be a legit starting forward in this league that contributes to a championship winning team. So if we can bring back the right numbers, I love all of them. All right, Mike. So, I had said off the air that I would only bring back Grant. I guess what I meant was I would only pay Grant. Like Grant is the only one that I would say I'm willing to like give big money towards. I have no issue bringing any of those players back for the Nuggets if I'm them. Especially I like Millsap. I mean, Millsap's great. He gives you guys big minutes. Uh, it's just, I mean, his contract right now is getting paid, I think, 30 mil, right? I mean, that's, you can't yeah. be paying Paul Millsap even, I would say not even a third of that, really, truly. And I don't know if Millsap would come back for less or if he would go somewhere where he could get you know, 16, 15 mil, maybe get a little overpaid. So I would bring back Paul Millsap if he, uh, if he, the price was right. Tor, uh, Craig, same thing. Um, and Plumlee, I don't love Mason Plumlee. I don't love him. But again, if the price is right, fine player. Uh, I think you really got a, you got Grant and you got MPJ to take over uh, at the power forward position. And I know MPJ is still young. He's still developing, but he's got, he's got a lot of room to grind. He's like what, 21 or about to be 22. I think really? uh, I, yeah, 21, I would say grant and uh, MPJ are the future of that position. And you let the others walk unless they're willing to take the right price. And for me, I'm all, I'm pro player. I think players should always try and get as much money as they basically can. Uh, and you know, cause organizations don't really care about these players. Players should care about their money personally. So if I'm them, I go and try and get a lot of money. And I don't know if, if I was Denver, if I would want to give them as much money as they might be able to get somewhere else personally. See, I, I can't, I can't disagree with that last statement at all. Uh, I, I normally would tell players to go ahead and get the money, but at this point, these players are very young. And right now I would be, if, if I were them, I would tell them to chase the championship. You have a, you have a opportunity right now. But back to the question uh, at hand, I personally, I would bring back, well, you know, I'm bringing back Grant. <laughs> we, we know I'm bringing back Grant. That goes without being said. I'm, yep. I'm signing him to the best possible contract that I can sign him to. And, it, and I, everybody else, the rest of them could, you know, take a long walk off a short cliff as long as I sign that man going into next season. But Millsap and Torrey Craig, I would bring back as long as the, the contracts were favorable to the franchise. Um, Millsap, I would not cry too many nights if we lost him because we do have Bol Bol coming up. That is true. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't cry too many tears. Plus, uh, Plumlee has on, on defense, he's slumped a lot in the past year, maybe even year and a half, some could argue. He hasn't had the defensive prowess that he's had in years past. So that's my take on that. Uh, JG, hit us with that third one. If the Nuggets get a shot at the playoffs this year, how do you think they'll fare after the long break? It's tough because I I think they could definitely win that first round, as I already said. And then I, I expect that we all agree they would be facing the Clippers after that. Uh, the Clippers were my pick to win the title this year, or definitely at least come out of the West, definitely represent the West. Uh, they were my pick 
around the midseason, like after everything kind of fell into place. I was like, I think the Clippers are going to take this. I think they could maybe give the Clippers a six-game series. I don't, uh, I don't see them getting past the Clippers. I'd be stunned. I think what it is is it's like I think James Harden kind of as well, but definitely Jokic. Jokic is a player who kind of already suffers uh, and struggles with body his body weight when he's playing, and I think I think a break like this, he would have to really play himself back into shape, and I don't know that uh, that he could really play himself back into like peak form that he was kind of reaching uh, last year and at, uh, you know, early parts of this year too. I don't know that he's going to get back into that form in time to like give a legit great playoff run. I don't know if he's going to have his legs under him. So I, I think that would cause me to have some concern. And I think if you don't have Jokic operating at uh, the peak of his abilities, I don't really see the nuggets going far. So yeah, I don't know. I think second round, I think they could give the Clippers a good series, but I just think that team has two top 10 players on it. I think, I think that series is a six game series. I don't, dis- I don't necessarily disagree with you on the whole Clippers aspect, but I'll, I'll give you a tidbit of, of how I feel about the way this playoffs is going to work. To me, the teams in this playoffs, the way it's going to sit, the teams that have been playing together the longest and have the most continuity and gel the most are the teams that are going to do the best with this hiatus. The Nuggets, the Bucks, Toronto, those teams are going to be the teams that are going to be the hardest teams to beat. I mean, you could even argue that uh, the, not the 76ers, uh, the Celtics are going to be really hard to knock out because they've been playing together for so long. The reason why I would say that we could beat the Clippers in the second round is because the Clippers, they, they were patched together. I mean, now the bench has been playing together for a long time. But those two superstars haven't. They've played, what, five games together? I think, that, I, think that, I think they're up to close to about 20 games. But let me actually – let me just slide into that real quick. I'm actually a little bit concerned about these younger teams because – I'm wondering how many of these players actually have courts in their houses? How many of them actually have basketball hoops? I was listening to – Most don't. Exactly. I was listening to a podcast where Jason Tatum said, I haven't touched a basketball since we left – the court so although i think we're, we'd be better when it comes to the legs aspects because they're not running they're not doing any exercises Jokic, i mean like mike said he has to play himself into the season obviously he's had that max contract for the year does he have a court at his house i don't know so um i, I i'm actually a little bit more concerned i think these older teams and I'm not saying veteran teams, like obviously the Lakers are a little bit older in my preference, although they are my team to beat. Um, I, I just think these younger teams might have a little bit harder because they're not going to be actually playing during this hiatus. All right. And with that said, we're going to take our second break. When we come back, we will interview Mr. Mike Mikis about uh, his Golden State Warriors and how he's feeling about them and, and the state that they're in and maybe the future. Keep it locked. This is uh, Take That L with Arthur Knight. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we 
start out, you know? From getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio, now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. Welcome to Landmark Packaging, where we can take care of all your packaging needs. From labeling to janitorial supply, we've got you covered. We're going eight years strong and have an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. Find us on the web at landmarkpackaging.com. We look forward to the opportunity to provide your business with custom packaging solutions. Landmark Packaging, always challenge your capabilities. So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you Uh know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama, you know, the Dalai Lama, Uh his laminescence, flowing robes, grace, bald, striking really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than Go Mile High Dad Cam, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2 1. So he pretty much stiffed me again. But I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. Hey, Colorado sports fans. You're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, man. Live in the now. So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show wing. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out you know from getting all this great experience working in college radio makes you want to work in real radio college radio means finding yourself it helped me find what i wanted to do in not only school but in life so support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen college radio now more than ever a message brought to you by this station and the college radio foundation for more information please visit collegeradio.org Welcome to Take That L with Arthur Knight. And we are going to interview Mr. Mike Mikis about his uh, Golden State Warriors, who I loathe and hate, but respect. <laughs> of course, of course. You have to. <laughs> they, 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 we're, we're following that blueprint. I mean, anybody who's basketball savvy knows that the Denver Nuggets are following that blueprint to the T. So. Absolutely. 
So I'll go ahead and uh, kick off with this question first, Mike. How, how was this season for you after the past few seasons? You guys have been controlling the West for damn near a decade now. How was this season going back to the bottom of the heat? I mean, in the bottom of the bottom. How was that as a fan to see that? Uh, I was spending night after night watching games led by Jordan Poole and Damian Lee. So that's how it was. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty miserable. It was pretty wretched, but, um, I'm link. Yeah. I mean, it was like you, you, you can only be uh, great for so long. And it's like, even I mean the Spurs have basically been consistently great ever uh, since pop has been there, but like uh, having a run like that is pretty much damn near impossible. So, you know, it, it wasn't fun going back to the bottom. I thought we were going to be like the fifth or fourth. No, I think I thought we were going to be the fourth seed this year going into it. Cause I thought clay would come back. I didn't think Steph was going to be hurt. Uh, I think it could have worked if Steph wasn't, uh, if, um, what was it? Aaron Baines didn't, you know, snap his, uh, left wrist, but, um, you know, yeah, it sucked. It, it was awful. It was terrible. I'm, you know, you guys have probably watched bad seasons of teams you love and you're like, dude, like, you know, I put the game on, they'd be close. They would go into a lot of games. They'd be close in the fourth quarter and then they'd end up losing by like eight points. And I was like, guys, what the, the hell are you guys doing? Uh, they, they did beat the Rockets, uh, in Houston on my birthday. I know they did. They beat Houston in uh, Houston on my birthday and mm-hmm. I despise Houston. So watching like watching Jordan Poole, like give James Harden and Russell Westbrook the work. That was great. That was, that was a great birthday present, but, uh, but no overall. <laughs> yeah. Rough season, pretty terrible. Uh, it was, and then getting Wiggins was, was kind of weird. So we'll see, you know, how that goes, but uh, I'm actually happy you, you brought up Wiggins. Cause that was going to be my next question. Um, obviously our, our, our season's in flux right now currently, and even next season's looks a little hazy. We're not really too sure how it's going to happen, but, uh, what do you think about the addition of Wiggins? How do you think he's going to contribute? Do you think he's ultimately just going to be another trade piece for later in the future? I mean, obviously Steph and Clay are going to be healthy again. Draymond should be back. Um, you guys obviously should have a top, I think three draft picks. So whether you guys take someone or flip it, I mean, you guys have a lot of options right now. And obviously Nuggets fan and a LeBron James lover, I don't like your options. So please, <laughs> I don't mind the Andrew Wiggins pickup, and I I think it, it obviously I think works better than uh, uh, D'Lo did. I like D'Lo, but D'Lo's like a younger uh, James Harden. He or uh, James Harden light. He's like the just the light version of James Harden. He just dribbles around and uh, he just version. shoots. Yeah, Walmart Walmart version of uh, you know James Harden. <laughs> um, That's cool. Um, and, uh, and I like, I like D'Lo, but I, I get why we had to trade him. Uh, I like Wiggins. If Wiggins is a fourth option or a third option, I think he can be good, but I've also, you could check my tweets. I, I made fun of Andrew Wiggins a lot. So I might be, I might be being a homer right now. Like, I don't know. I think Wiggins is fine. I think Wiggins could be a nice piece. He can give you 20 points in his sleep, but I'm looking honestly with that top pick. They're, you know, I don't know what you guys think. I don't know if you guys talk draft a lot. I really want Obi Toppin. I want Obi Toppin pretty badly, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think his ceiling is as high as maybe some of the other players, but I think his floor is really nice. I think he can kind of come off, and I I like players that can shoot the f-ing ball. If you can't put the ball in the hoop, I don't want you. And with that being said, it's not like the Golden State Warriors need a star player. Like no. you have you have you have an A one in Steph. You have an A two and three in Draymond and Kurt. Uh, uh, Draymond and Clay, like they all know their roles. They all know their positions. Like my one thing, and I've, like I said, I'm a LeBron fan. So I've always seen a team have to be forcefully carried by a player. 
Right. So to see the Golden State Warriors, like I've always been jealous because I'm like, that's the, like if LeBron had some shooters on his team like that, that kind of system, it's it's over for the league. So I've always been jealous of just how the Golden State Warriors have been ran and like their team structure. That's why I love about them. That's why it, in a way, like I'm a little jealous of just how they are constructed these last decade. So yeah, I mean, I think you guys are in a pretty good position, a pretty prime position. So I'm glad that you said that, Bashman, because I actually disagree. I'm not sure that they're in that great of position. And I'm not, I'm not being a hater. I'm being serious. Um, when it comes, no, we love we love the pushback. When well, when it comes to Clay and Curry, uh, I mean, I think Draymond Green is going to be a Golden State Warrior for the rest of his life. He'll he'll keep taking Homer contracts until he retires. In my opinion, uh, I don't know that for sure because I don't know the man. But in my opinion, he'll be a Golden State Warrior for life. But I'm not sure that Clay Thompson or Curry will be. Golden State Warriors after this year, and I'm wondering uh, what Mike thinks about that. That's the hottest take I've probably. I mean, and I, I I come out with some hot takes. That's hot. Steph Curry is going to have five statues built outside of Chase Center. I promise <laughs> you. No, like I promise you that Steph Curry will never not wear another uniform. Clay Thompson, maybe, but I I think if he was going to leave, he would have done it last year, and he would have gone to a new team. I don't think. I don't think he's signing with a new team at age, you know, 35. Maybe he is, maybe he is, but I don't see Steph and Clay ever splitting up. I really think if any piece is going to get moved ever, it would be Draymond. I really do think Draymond would be, I don't think, I don't think Draymond would leave, but I also know for myself, as I watch them play, I think Draymond, you know, when he's playing at his best, he can be one of the, the 10, 15 best players in the league. He can take over a series. He, he's like a 16 game player. He's not an 82 game player. He is in the playoffs. Every team would benefit from Draymond Green. Absolutely. But you're thinking, Draymond, you're thinking with a fan hat, though. Think with a uh, a GM or a owner hat, though. With with a GM hat, I watched Draymond's body break down. Like this year, he could have been like an actual leader and been like, "Hey guys, you know this isn't ideal circumstances, but I'm going to get us some wins." Instead, he was missing every other game. He was coming up with injuries that weren't. They didn't really seem like they were like, I'm of the belief that if there were actual stakes playing Draymond Green plays all of those games, because why would I play, you know, what am I going to be doing out here with Damian Lee and Jordan Poole and uh, Eric Pascal? Like, you know, so I think he took, I think he coasted on the season. And while I get it, cause you know, there was no real prospects for winning. That's not like a leader and Draymond's body is breaking down and his shot is starting to get to the point where it's like, I don't know that he'll ever be able to shoot like, 33% from three ever again, let alone like I think he shot 38% in 2016. He can still be a defensive nightmare for other teams to have to deal with. But I would say that of the three pieces, the, the, they would be most likely to trade Draymond. Like if you, if you call me and you say, Hey, Draymond and Wiggins and the first pick uh, and our picks for the next decade for Giannis, I don't even blink. I do not even blink. But like I would not, tra- I would not trade Steph Curry right now for Giannis and anything. Well, no, no, I would- no, 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 I'm not meaning a trade. I'm not meaning a trade. I'm meaning like, well, I mean, obviously it would be a trade because both of them are locked into contracts. But what I'm meaning is, uh, them wanting like Clay wanting out or or the the organization as a whole not being able to afford all three players. Yeah, that- I, I I just think the uh, is it Bob Myers is the yeah. owner. I just think no the the owner is Joe Lacob. Joey Lacob. Joe Lacob. Joe Lacob. I just think Joe Lacob. And, well, and Bob Myers speaking of, I just think they're so infatuated, and not saying like they would never, but I think they they're just so engraved with the the Curry Clay backcourt. I just don't think they would ever trade unless it was like the only way. Like I I agree with Mike. I think Curry's a die die. What is it? Die hard or t- like 
well, let's just say Kobe Bryant. He'll, he'll have a Kobe Bryant type career where he'll have 20 years at the same organization. That's step yeah. three. I can see Clay though, kind of pulling a Ray Allen his last two seasons, going to a okay. contender like the Heat, just because of a shooter. He's a shooter, shooter. He, he's a perfect, just go in the corner and space the floor. Curry he's a obviously defender too. He, that's it. Well, I'm not expecting him to be a great defender at the age that I'm expecting, like the 35 year old contract we're expecting. You got a point. But if, if, I mean, if he can just go play the Ray Allen role for a championship team, I could see that happening. Depending though, if that's if Golden State's like a garbage team, but like he, I said, earlier, he will be playing the Ray Allen role for a championship team. It'll be called Golden State. Like mm-hmm. that's yeah, you know. <laughs> so, actually, real quick, can I actually just switch up the topic real quick? This is one of the yeah. reasons why I wanted to get Mike onto this because I read a tweet. And it got me so flabbergasted to rot my jaw to the floor that I just wanted to bring it up. Now, you say currently uh, Steph Curry is a top 10 player. And by top 10, you mean sixth all-time currently. Sixth and all-time, you, yeah. And you said he has potential chance to get to number two all-time. Now, yep. the only way I'll even entertain this is he must be passing Michael Jordan for number two because I know the <laughs> So I know LeBron's one. So please tell me your argument. Um, obviously, I have Curry in the the fifteen to twelve range, closer to twelve than fifteen. Um, I do agree he has a chance to get to easily top ten. I think. Do you, he has a do, you do you have Durant below Curry, or do you have him above Curry? Like I've got Durant at number I've got Durant at number ten right now, and I've got Curry at number six personally. Yeah, I have I have Durant at fifteen and Curry twelve. Okay, okay, so. I'm because, saying the because of the aspect of the leadership. I just think Curry has always been a better leader and the way he's revolutionized the game. Obviously, KD, talent-wise, is a, a freak of nature, but he's never had a full – like, he's never put it fully together without some help. So, for me, Curry is going to change the way – Steph Curry is the reason Trey Young got drafted over Luka Doncic. Now, was that the right decision? Maybe not, but that's because Trey Young's not Steph Curry. Steph Curry is going to change the way that GMs and uh, – owners will build their rosters for the rest of basketball ever, like ever. LeBron might be a greater player than Steph is right now. LeBron did not change the sport, maybe in the way that players market and move around and they control their own, you know, destiny as opposed to. He's done a lot for the players. But he didn't, but he didn't, he didn't change the way that basketball as a game as is played and how little kids grow up now. They don't really, not that they don't want to dunk, but they don't care about dunking. They care about if they can shoot a basketball that's Steph Curry that's the entire the only player to change the game more is Michael Jordan Michael Jordan Steph Curry those are like really it uh Steph is going to be no question unanimous greatest shooter of all time no question there's he already is he already is the greatest shooter of all time but he's going to break those the records for those numbers by absurd amounts like truly absurd he's a he's a I think by next year he would have if this season had finished by next year would have expected that he would have been number one in three points ever made and he would have still had another six, seven years to continue adding to that. I'm operating that he could reach number two if he could win another MVP and two more championships. That's like what he would need. You know, you give him five titles out of seven tries and, and three MVPs, the only one being unanimous. I don't really know how we argue against him being at worst, a top four player ever. All right. Hey, uh, Mike, would you like to stay on for the next segment? I'll definitely, I definitely got time. Absolutely. Oh, we're just going to, we're just going to BS for the next four. I, I like this conversation, but we were up against the, the, the time right now. So we got to get to a commercial. This is a uh, take that L with Arthur Knight. So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the 
llama What? You know The Dalai Lama uh -huh. His laminescence really? Flowing robes Grace Bald Striking really I says to the llama Hey you remember that round I carried for you Down in Shangri-La Well apparently Some station out in Lakewood Taped the whole thing oh. See the llama's a big hitter Nailed two eagles in a row that day Well he says What station could have possibly Gotten all the way out To my sacred holy lands The Shangri I says it was none other than Go Mile High Dad Camp Llama uh -huh. They got the best sports coverage In the state The llama actually tips me this time Two one So he pretty much stiffed me again But I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com So I got that going for me Which is nice It's great GoMileHigh.com What does it take to be on air? It's not just the personality Though it does help It takes drive Creativity Passion And the willingness to develop yourself And truly find what makes you special At Go Mile High Students are given this chance To become something great You never know Someone you're hearing right now could be the next big thing and you could be the first to know how it all started so keep listening because you never know what's next on gomilehigh.com every day across this country hundreds of college radio stations take to the air broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else it's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say without it you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform certain people need to have a chance a fighting chance and college radio is that place for it college radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too this is where we start out you know from getting all this great experience working in college radio it makes you want to work in real radio college radio means finding yourself it helped me find what i wanted to do in not only school but in life so support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen college radio now more than ever a message brought to you by this station and the college radio foundation for more information please visit collegeradio.org Welcome to Landmark Packaging, where we can take care of all your packaging needs. From labeling to janitorial supply, we've got you covered. We're going eight years strong and have an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. Find us on the web at LandmarkPackaging.com. We look forward to the opportunity to provide your business with custom packaging solutions. Landmark Packaging, always challenge your capabilities. So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh -huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the llama, What? you know, the Dalai Lama, uh -huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking really. I says to the llama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the llama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, What station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than Go Mile High Dad Camp, Lama. Uh -huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2 1. So he pretty much stiffed me again. But I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. That's great. GoMileHigh.com.
All right, welcome back to Take That L. All right, Mike, I'm glad that you uh, didn't have much to do today, just like the rest of us on quarantine. <laughs> Stick around. I, I truly appreciate your time and your insights. Um, we are going to get into a little bit of uh, league talk here about how – I mean, let me, let me ask you this. How has – not having sports because you know I, I don't know you I, I you know I know Bashman but and I know how it's affected him because we were in class dang, dang near every you know three days a week so uh but for you how has not having sports in general because you sound like a, a, a I, I know you're a basketball guy uh my first question is how has this affected you my second question is what other sports are you uh interested in or do you watch uh it's affected me and it's miserable every time i go on the tv like i watch the horse competition that's how it's affected me i'm watching like a a phone stream (laughs) version of like you know horse it was awful uh there's nothing to watch all i do is i watch movies now because i I do love movies so that's one nice thing you know being locked up with nothing to do i've gotten through a lot of old movies that i have always meant to watch but never was able to but no sports man it's it's a killer like you know i I had a feeling once I'll never, I'll never forget it. I was in my workplace. Uh, I was in Manhattan and I had just stopped in for a drink at the bar I work at. And I was there the day, uh, all of the classes, all classes were closed down and canceled. And they announced it was like in the span of a minute, it had announced that NBA was canceled for good. And it was like all the heads in the bar, like popped up and they were like, Oh man. Like and that's when I went, okay, this is, this is serious. This is real crazy. And, uh, you know, it sucks. I, I knew it was going to follow for all the rest of the leagues. I'm a big hockey fan, huge hockey fan. And actually of all sports, I'm probably biggest is football is my sport. Uh, so who are your teams? So my dad uh, served in Dallas in about the mid eighties. So he's a big Cowboys fan. So I was raised as a Cowboys fan. Uh, people call me a bandwagoner, but it's like, you know, what have they, fo- they haven't won anything since I've been alive. So I can't really, I'm not bandwagoning anything. Like <laughs> I'm not bandwagoning anything good. <laughs> um, as far as hockey goes, I'm a lightning fan cause I've born and uh, lived in Tampa. Uh, and that's just, they've always been pretty okay. And I've always uh, enjoyed going to the games. And then I didn't really watch basketball. I've watched like, I, I, I remember watching the uh, heat Spurs finals where Ray Allen hit that shot. I remember that. I remember watching like the 2010 finals, uh, Kobe and Celtics with my dad, but I was never like a huge basketball fan. It was the year leading up to Steph going on his first MVP run was when I started watching basketball and then, you know, then they start winning. And uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, 2013 was the year that they, I believe was when they beat the nuggets in the first round, if I'm correct. Yeah. Uh, the year before. Uh, uh, Saboteur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a great uh, series. I don't know if anyone oh, remembers that series. That was, uh, a, that's the, like the Steph Curry breakout, like to the, the public, like obviously the debate. Right. If, if you that was our during year. the in days, but I remember I actually funny brought up that game, Mike, because I actually watched highlights of that series earlier this month. Yeah, and it, that was uh, where Iguodala, I think, made the realization that he was he was going to be the Steph Curry like bodyguard for the rest of his life, protect that man with yeah. all his all he could. So I yeah, good series. Might punch him in the face. <laughs> I hate Iguodala, <laughs> dude. He's he, that's a that's a future Hall of Famer for you. I, I hate to say it, but uh, it's a future Hall is. of Famer. He is. He is. <laughs> I can still hate him. <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely. I totally get it. But yeah, so yeah, no sports totally sucks. It's uh it's been a nightmare. But you know, football hasn't been affected. 
And uh, yeah, today would have been the start of the playoffs. So it's like, you know, really missing it. It would have been, I have not missed watching the playoffs with my two, with my friends back home for the past six years. We've watched all of the playoffs. Uh, So, you know, it's weird this year with nothing. And I honestly, I don't know about you guys, but I don't really think season's going to be coming back. I have a strong feeling that it won't be in any form. I think, I think the Warriors will be six time Western conference champions next year. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's my, that's my take. But I actually want no, to, I, uh, oh, sorry, you finish. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, I was going to bring up questions about like, well, do you think the season's going to return? But you sound pretty optimistic that it's not going to return. Um, I'm yeah. on the opposite spectrum. I feel pretty confident that definitely by next month, they're going to start playing a few games and close off areas. I've heard a lot of ideas of, like pretty much using practice facilities instead of like actual arenas and stuff like that. So um, I, I don't know. Like I'm actually feeling pretty optimistic, pretty optimistic about it. I think basketball and baseball logistically have a really good chance of coming back soon. And first, I don't think football is going to be affected at all. Um, now, real quick, affected to the point of like. Will it be like wrestling? Have you seen any of these wrestling matches? Well, it's weird. It's weird. I was going to preference that I think they're going to be open, but I don't think public events are going to be open. Like I think people sure. are going to be very weary about, do I want to go to the game? And if they are at a stadium and you know, a guy, you know, just coughing, you know, uncontrollably to your left, like, are you going to look at him and be like, you know, turn your head and be like, yeah, like, what are you doing? So <laughs> I think to the point of like the, these TV deals are so freaking massive they're going to end up getting them on TV sooner or later. They have like, to. They're, they're not going to want to. I think, I think the league also is going to look at this of like, I don't think we're going to want to have 2019 uh, Toronto champ, uh, Toronto Rappers and then 2021 the Lakers when it could have been the Lakers, Lakers <laughs> in 20 and 21. That's besides um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm worried because I don't know if you saw this, but it came out yesterday that basically there are many other players from the league that had tested positive for coronavirus, but they're not going to be giving out any more names because they want to let those players have their privacy. And I hear that and I go, if there are a lot of other players that have it, like, I don't know how many it is, but I have to assume, I mean, you, you probably saw that uh, Rudy Gobert and the Jazz played all of the teams. They, like, all came in contact with each other within a span of six days. Man, yeah. there's probably, there's got to be about, you know, 40 every to 50 team. people. Every team. Somebody's got to have something in, in terms of their staff, family member, or a player that has been hit by this. I don't really know how they're going to be able to in good conscience, bring it back. I mean, even if you're in your, even if you keep all these teams secluded to one hotel in Vegas, if they get food and, you know, all it takes is uh, like, you know, you know how Jordan pool or not Jordan pool, um, Jordan Bell, Nick uh, accidentally bought porn on the Warriors assistant coaches. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Like all, all it, all it takes is Jordan Bell, like being like, I can just get them takeout. And then that person delivering the takeout and like, having touched the food with coronavirus yeah. and then Jordan bell ruins basketball for everybody. This, like, is, the that's all thing, this is the one thing I'm going to, I'm going to add to that though. If, if it's kind of nice that there are all the players are getting it now, because if there is a, a, a 10 week hiatus, an eight week hiatus, it doesn't take eight weeks to get over this virus. It's right, only going to take, no, it's going to take two weeks. So it's actually like let half the league get it now so they can come back healthy. And obviously when they, this all, changes if they can do instant testing if they can do instant testing and figure out results within five to 15 minutes that changes the game completely because then they can consistently test them daily to figure out if they have a fever if they're feeling sick and i think if they get that under wrapped i think it's going to be at the point where 
each team's going to have maybe the 15 players that the seven or eight coaches, whatever there is, they're going to have the 15 train or the 10 trainers, whatever it is. And that's it. I don't think there's going to be much more yeah, than maybe 45 players, NBA, 45 people per organization. The NBA is not going to relinquish that revenue. There's no way that they're going to be able to be able. I mean, they already have to have sponsorships on the jerseys as to, to keep teams. I think that, like that I think that was more of just a money move though by Adam Silver. Well, I think of they course added it's a money move. Yeah. Of course it's a money move, but it's also because these player contracts are so huge these days that they do have to, you know, some of these teams don't pack it in every night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the Memphis Grizzlies don't pack it in every night. The Bobcat or the Hornets don't pop don't pack it in every night. Because so Golden State have, moved to the Bay, they don't pack it in every night. <laughs> that was Keep that your own fans, Mike. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, I mean, everybody loves Chase. They say it's like the most beautiful arena ever. I mean, obviously, I haven't been there, haven't been able to go uh, check it out, but it's it's it sounds basically off of description like a perfect venue, and uh, yeah, it might alienate some of the you know the lower class fans who you know part of like the we believe Warriors, like those fans who have been there the whole time, but. I don't know. On those games where the Warriors were kind of competitive, there were a few at home. It got pretty loud. I mean, it obviously wasn't like Roracle. It wasn't Oracle, but, you know, they also didn't have Steph or Clay or any of those players playing. So I think we'll see next year when they got when they got the full squad that that's going to be a pretty great uh, venue. And honestly, like Joe Lacob is printing out money with that place. The amount of money they're going to make off of that place is, is pretty obscene, like truly yes. obscene. Yeah. I just had to throw a little dick at you. The same thing with of the course. Pepsi Center when the Nuggets when the Nuggets kind of did that with the Pepsi Center. They they kind of alienated a lot of fans at that at that time. Now it's kind of it, it kind of evened back out because they had a lot of losing seasons. Right, uh, and it's it's on the uptick again because of the fact that the Nuggets team has gotten so good. Um, speaking of the Nuggets, though, you you and Bashman before we started the show. Uh, he said that you had a dig on my boy, the Joker. <laughs> and uh, I said we would get to it. And uh, I want to make sure we get to it because I want to hear, hear what you said about my man's in there. I just always joke that, uh, that Nikola Jokic is a fat, unathletic slob <laughs> who would rather eat you know, lasagna than get good at shooting a basketball. <laughs> So, like, I know that Jokic. Basketball? I know that Jokic is. I know that Jokic is a top ten player. I just got to make fun of him because he's like easy. He's he is like it is so dumb to sit and like watch pictures of him uh, or look at pictures of him like sitting on the bench and like the gut hanging out and everything. It's like, dude, this is like one of the ten most athletic players in this in this sport. Like, are you kidding me? Like. It, it, it's just, it's amusing. He's like, he's like the Phil Kessel. I don't know how much you guys like hockey, but he's like the Phil Kessel of basketball. Like it's, it's absurd <laughs> that Phil Kessel can skate as fast as he can and be as fat as he can. That's like, Nikola Jokic. What, what, like, what's baseball player? Barleto Cologne? Yeah, Bar- Cologne. Yeah, Cologne's 42 and he's like, he's like hitting a home run. He's like this fat old guy. Like, like Jokic yeah. looks like a fat elderly man who should not be able to be good at basketball. And somehow he is, but you know, I, I, for me, I don't know. For Denver, I, it's, I, I still have yet to truly take them seriously because I haven't seen them put it together. And I hate to say that, oh, I have to like, win a title to believe it. But it's kind of like Toronto. Like, I always knew Toronto was a good team. And then every year they get to the playoffs and they would, they would lose. I got to see Denver be more than just like a two seed because it feels like every year for the past few years they've been like the two or the three seed. And then the playoffs come around 
and I, I'm not buying it, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. So I, I don't disagree with you. There's, there, there is some, some, a bit of a ten, tendency to flail off a little bit or, or not play as hard as they could. Um, but they're still a young team. And I do, think, I do think the ceiling is very high with this team. And I just want to thank you, uh, Mike, and from myself, Janae, and Nick Bashman Basher. We'd like to thank you all for listening to Take That L. Just keep in mind, we are students, and we are trying. <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. Uh, we love all of our listeners, and we thank you for listening to Take That L. Have a good day. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Thanks for having me on, guys. See you. 